Shalom, my friends, and welcome to the Roots of Flourishing podcast. I am Dr. Chris Lasante, and this is the podcast where we explore the roots of human flourishing through medical knowledge, philosophical reasoning, and theological insights. Episode 5, The Root of the Basic Goods. Thus far, we have seen how our multidimensional humanity requires both balance and harmony with need for the additional important root of self-transcendence that truly takes us out of our psychologic dimension and into another dimension. In today's episode, we will look more closely at how we can prevent harms to our dimensions through the concept of the basic goods. By identifying the basic goods that reside in each dimension, we can take large steps towards preventing our psychologic or social dimensions from harming any of the dimensions of our humanity to include, interestingly enough, both the psychologic and social dimensions. Furthermore, these basic goods are not realized through neglect, but we need to invest in and promote these basic goods since they are essential to our human flourishing. However, we now have some confusion that we need to clear up. We now have three separate references that include the word good. This has included the phrase goods and services. Also, the good as in the good, the true, and the beautiful. And now, the basic goods. First, we need to be mindful that all three of these terms fall under the more general category of goods. So, what is a good? A good is a beneficial object, such as a hammer, or a beneficial end, such as health, that we try to obtain or strive for. The good in goods and services generally refers to the hammer type of good, which is frequently something that we buy or make in order to achieve another end. As such, we would call it an instrumental good after the idea of it being an instrument that achieves another goal. The good and the good, the true, and the beautiful is more narrowly defined as the transcendent character virtues. You certainly cannot go out and buy courage or even have it bestowed upon you like the cowardly lion attempted in The Wizard of Oz. The virtues are unique in that they are essential for doing any of the goods, but they can also be an end as well, which is reflected in the saying, virtue is its own reward. Now, harming a virtue would by definition be called unvirtuous, which should be soundly rejected. Thus, virtues should also never be harmed. The basic goods are really an outgrowth of the competition between various other goods, where we as rational humans recognize and subsequently strive for some goods above others. Doctors Farr Curlin and Christopher Tollefson, in their book The Way of Medicine, state that Basic goods are intrinsic aspects of human well-being or flourishing. So, in addition to these goods being ones that we usually strive for, they are also known to be essential to our human flourishing. Dr. John Fennis and colleagues in their article, Practical Principles, Moral Truth, and Ultimate Ends, corroborate the previous claim when they say, any basic good is an aspect of the fulfillment of persons— and so is superior to instrumental intelligible goods, which do not perfect persons as such. Hence, the intrinsic necessity and superiority of the basic goods over other non-basic or instrumental goods. So, what are the basic goods? 
Although there is some minor variations in this list, I find the following to be a great starting place. They include life, health, knowledge, work, play, aesthetic experience, friendship, marriage, personal integrity, and harmony with the divine, all of which I think have a strong basis as basic goods. So how do we come up with this list of basic goods versus any of a variety of other candidates? The first is that these are sufficiently different from one another that there is no substantial overlap. Too much overlap would then make the list longer, more unwieldy, and subsequently more complex and likely more confusing. Everything should be as simple as possible, but not simpler. For example, health is sufficiently different from friendship in that they cannot both be achieved using the same or very similar methods and at the same time. Certainly having good friendships may be conducive to your health, either by your friend exercising with you or even just encouraging you to live a healthy lifestyle, but there is sufficient difference between them to make them separate basic goods. Secondly, a basic good should be intrinsic to our humanity and can be found when looking at humans from both an historical and anthropological perspective. We find that these basic goods all appear to be required for ultimate human flourishing, regardless of whether it is in our culture and time or another culture and time. Since the basic goods are intrinsic and essential to our human flourishing, it does then make sense that they should never be intentionally harmed. Drs. Curlin and Tolufson go on to say, one should never, for any reason, directly damage or destroy an instance of a basic human good. So, we need to be ever mindful of the basic goods in our lives and strive not only not harming them, but also to nurture them. The third question is, how can I corroborate these basic goods myself? A useful exercise that might aid our understanding of when a good is a basic one versus an instrumental one is to continue asking yourself why you do something until you come up with an intellectually rigorous just because. Let's use the example of money. Why do we want money? It might be to feed our family. Well, why do we want to feed our family? Because we love them. Well, why do we love them? Just because. Thus, money is not the end, but merely an instrumental good to feed our family, promoting their health because ultimately we love them and want the good for them. But can't some of these basic goods be made to be instrumental? In those cases, the basic good is being distorted into an instrumental one, which is not its natural or proper role. Friendship, for example, is not and should not be an instrumental good. If I claim friendship with someone merely to have them get me a good job, then it is not real friendship, and we would be wrong to classify it as such. Certainly, we have business associates that we may not classify as friends, and thus our relationship with them is likely more transactional and not transformational. Nevertheless, even with business associates, we should be seeking win-win, as we discussed in our prior episode. Lastly, Immanuel Kant would say that regards to the categorical imperative that we should treat every person as an end in themselves and not merely as a means. Now, let's look at the basic goods associated with each of the four dimensions of our humanity. First off, the biologic. This is rather straightforward, life and health. Again, both should be sought after as ends in themselves. We should not harm, 
misuse, or abuse the health of our bodies in the pursuit of any other good, even if it is a basic good. However, there may be times where we may forego a medical treatment due to the risks or harms, or by pursuing a certain treatment that we may inhibit our pursuit of other basic goods that we may be pursuing due to our calling or vocation. An example might be that a cancer patient may forego a more curative treatment because it may come with higher side effects and risks and ultimately may prevent us from pursuing other goods, again relating to our vocation. But, as a general rule, we should not neglect promoting the basic good of our or someone else's health. Next, the spiritual. Remember that our notion of the spiritual is anything or anyone that is transcendent to include the good, the true, and the beautiful, and ultimately, God himself. Although the list of basic goods merely lists harmony with the divine, I think this can be broadened to harmony with the transcendent, which would then encompass the good, the true, the beautiful, and our relationship with God. When we more fully realize the virtues in our own life, rationally comprehend transcendent truths, and deeply appreciate the beautiful while participating in a loving and harmonious relationship with God, these then bring about full harmony with the divine. God is most glorified when we are most at harmony with him, and thus this basic good can also be termed the glory of God. Additionally, within the spiritual dimension resides both the true and the beautiful. So, transcendent truth and transcendent aesthetic experience, or the beautiful, is thus a special subset of knowledge and aesthetics that actually resides within the spiritual and not within the social. Additionally, everyone intuitively knows that truth and beauty should never be intentionally destroyed or harmed. This is why there's such a strong reaction to lies or times when great artworks are destroyed, such as when ISIS smashed many artworks in Iraq. Thus, all aspects of the spiritual should never be harmed. Before we go on to the last two dimensions, I think it is very interesting that all aspects of the biologic and spiritual dimensions, health, life, the good, the true, the beautiful, and God himself are all basic goods. However, as we shall see, social goods can be either basic or instrumental. Now the social. When we talk about the social dimension, we frequently refer to it with the umbrella term such as the common good. This is an overarching term that includes a multitude of goods that are generally required for a well-functioning or flourishing society. Now, the common good includes things such as economic policies, rule of law, access to clean water, and the like. Goods such as these are not basic goods, but rather instrumental ones. For instance, we want good economic policy, not as an end, but as an instrumental good towards a condition promoting the fair and efficient exchange of goods and services that we hope will ultimately lead towards the basic goods, such as health. The basic goods within the social dimension then include friendship, marriage, work, play, and non-transcendent knowledge and aesthetic experience. Interestingly, the basic goods within the social dimension all need the root of self-transcendence to be fully realized, as we described in episode 3. We should seek knowledge and aesthetic experience for their own value and not for any psychological gain such as pride. Likewise, 
work and play should be pursued for their own excellence. Friendship and finally marriage both need self-transcendence so that we can fully embrace the other, such as in the notion of extended listening, where we totally concentrate on and thus more fully understand the other with little or no regard for our own thoughts, emotions, or desires. Now, that leaves the psychologic, which is the trickiest of all four of our dimensions to understand what its natural end is. I think that this stems from the problem that our psychologic desires, frequently in conjunction with social pressures, present a distorted view of what the end of the psychologic dimension is. Many people in our current culture pursue their own desires that are frequently tied to some emotional reward, usually ending in the notion of pursuing the end called happiness. Unfortunately, advertising and the consumer culture continue to feed us an unbroken narrative that acquiring goods and services or expressing oneself sexually are the pathways to happiness. However, I think a better term that helps to provide clarity versus the overused and increasingly meaningless term happiness is the word eudaimonia. This Greek term has been popularized and resurrected by the positive psychology movement. Now, positive psychology is a recent development within the discipline of psychology that seeks to bring people to a higher level of human flourishing, rather than concentrating on alleviating a person's disordered or diseased thinking. Now, then what is eudaimonia? Eudaimonia can generally be understood as overall human flourishing. So, if we see all aspects of our humanity in balance, working in harmony with one another, then that should result in eudaimonia. It is important to note that eudaimonia is more than just some positive feelings, but rather an overall sense of a well-ordered and meaningful life. We will look at positive psychology's contributions to eudaimonia more closely in a future episode when we review Dr. Marty Seligman's book, Flourish. Now, what is the basic good in the psychologic dimension? That leads us to the last of the basic goods, that of personal integrity. Integrity, as we discussed in episode four, really is a synonym for harmony, where all aspects of one's life are working harmoniously together. Thus, the end or the basic good of the psychologic is really to be a harmoniously working, balanced, and fully integrated person. Dr. Finnis and colleagues are again helpful here when they say, Integral human fulfillment is not individualistic satisfaction of desires or preferences. The ideal of integral human fulfillment is that of the realization, so far as possible, of all the basic goods in all persons living together in complete harmony. Therefore, we need to have all the dimensions, and particularly the basic goods within each dimension, working together in harmony, and hopefully everyone else is also working together towards this goal. This should be the goal of every person and every society. Two additional questions then come to mind. The first is, where do these basic goods come from? And the second is, how can we best achieve these basic goods? The answers are both theological. Dr. Finnis and colleagues go on to say, for this reason, if one believes that unqualified goodness, goodness itself, is found in God, one will regard him as the source of the goodness of all the basic goods. He later states, hence God can be considered the ultimate end of human persons, 
and communities insofar as their fulfillment in their proper goods is a participation in his goodness. This then leads us to two conclusions. The first is that we should be thankful to God for his provision of our basic goods. We have discussed in a prior episode that gratitude is a spiritual practice that requires the root of self-transcendence. The second, which is related, is that harmony with the divine should then be our highest basic good because God empowers us through a transformational relationship to help us to more fully realize the basic goods. Finnis goes on later to claim that if a Christian is living in harmony with God and perfectly brings every thought, word, and deed in conformance with God's will and carries out their commitment of faith and so always keeping the commandments, they will then love God with their whole heart, mind, soul, and strength and love their neighbors as themselves. So, we see the path forward is difficult, but we need first to understand what the path is and to readily identify the basic goods within each of the dimensions in the path in order to avoid harming them and hopefully, in most or nearly all circumstances, to actually promote them. How then do we get into trouble? Well, in this culture, the psychosocial dyad continues to have an outsized negative influence upon all the goods. We misprioritize goods and make some instrumental goods basic goods, while relegating other basic goods to instrumental status. This disordering of goods then puts things out of balance. Additionally, the basic goods are harmed, preventing them from working optimally together in harmony with one another. This logically results in a disintegrated person who has a psychologic lack of well-being. This is most commonly manifested as anxiety, stress, depression, and burnout. It also results in harms to our biologic health through chronic stress and or the abuse, misuse, and neglect of our bodies. For instance, our culture emphasizes both economic activity and sexual expression as the major vehicles to happiness, with both actually reinforcing one another through the advertising industry, resulting in a consumer culture, as we have discussed before. We then mistaken either economic activity and or sexual expression as basic goods, which they are not. The misprioritization then begins to displace the real basic goods, resulting in their direct harms or merely neglect. Now, let's amplify one of these two examples. We'll address sex and sexual expression in future podcasts. So today we'll look at economic activity. Our culture promotes the notion that happiness is related to the amount of money you make and or the amount of goods and services that you can buy. This is empirically quite weak. However, if we misprioritize either making money or spending it, then we will tend to either harm or at least neglect the basic goods, which, as we've noted before, are essential for human flourishing. We may take a too demanding job that requires more hours of work or requires us to spend too much time away from home and thus harm friendship or marriage. If the pace of the job is too fast, then it may result in harms to our health by neglecting good eating habits and regular exercise, not to mention a good night's sleep. If it demands unvirtuous behavior by skirting justice, fudging on the numbers, or telling white lies to clients, then it harms the goods of the spiritual dimension and results in moral injury. 
all these pressures harm and ultimately result in increasing disintegration and psychological lack of eudaimonia or flourishing. Recently, a colleague of mine related his human flourishing story, which nicely illustrates some of these points. Several years ago, he had decided to buy a home in order to rent it out to make more money. He realized one day that although this was additional income, it was requiring a lot of time and effort to make this additional money, and thus he came to the conclusion that the extra money was not helpful to his life. He decided to sell the property, and once he sold the property, he then woke up one day and realized he had more time on his hands. He then asked himself what he would like to do with that time. And so he tried out a jiu-jitsu class, which he liked so much that he signed up for it. Additionally, he started to exercise regularly, which then led to better eating habits. He told me that he felt so much better since he got rid of the property and was able to pursue other goals. Essentially, he was trading the instrumental good of making money for the basic good of health. He was out of balance and harming a basic good, his health. Once he started to tend to his basic good of health, he restored balance in his life, and now, since one of his basic goods was being nourished, he was then able to get more of his basic goods in each of the four dimensions, working together in harmony, bringing about an improved state of personal integrity or integration. Today, we have looked at the basic goods that lie within all four dimensions of our humanity. We discussed the distinction between goods in general and basic goods, which should never be harmed and should generally be promoted. The basic goods include life, health, knowledge, work, play, aesthetic experience, friendship, marriage, personal integrity, and harmony with the divine. We also saw that the spiritual dimension of the good, the true, and the beautiful should also never be harmed, while harmony with the divine is essentially the glory of God. Additionally, the notion of the basic goods undergirds and helps us to understand more fully the root of balance and how misprioritizing instrumental goods as basic goods not only harms the basic goods, but also puts us out of balance while preventing all the essential elements of our humanity from working together in harmony. This week, be mindful of the basic goods and whether they are rightly prioritized in your life or whether you are relegating them to second-class instrumental status. Elevating them to their proper place will enhance them and provide the necessary goods for leading a truly integrated and harmonious life. However, the secret to harmony and the best way to achieve the basic goods in each dimension still needs to be more fully explored. Our next episode will address the last criteria and root of human flourishing, that of mutual subordination. Until then, wishing you increased flourishing as we press towards the goal of completing our humanity. Check out my show notes for references and additional resources. The show is also at rootsofflourishing.buzzsprout.com. Shoot me an email at rootsofflourishing at gmail.com with comments or questions. 